Hi, and welcome to the Drawing Inspiration Podcast. I am your host, Mike Hendley. Episode 15, Tiff Arment on Becoming an Artist and We Draw Wednesdays. Before I jump into the main show, here's what's been happening in the last few weeks. A few episodes ago, I had Anna Bucciarelli on to talk about her work in watercolor, and she's released a recent video that I think you need to check out if you're considering watercolor. So she spent some time with the Escoda brush, uh, the real versus the synthetic sable brush. And uh, it was a timely video for me. I'm thinking about upgrading my brushes for urban sketching. And these were the brushes I was uh, considering. And it's kind of confirmed for me that I'm going to go with synthetic for these. They uh, come as a travel brush so that you can, if you're doing some urban sketching, you can uh, basically pull them apart like a fountain pen and uh, they become a little bit easier to carry, and you know they've got a hole in the end to draw and that kind of stuff. So anyways, I would recommend watching the video if you're a watercolor artist and you're interested in trying out some, um, some new brushes or com- interested in comparing a real versus a synthetic sable. And it does a really good job uh, reviewing them and actually doing a, a piece to see the differences. So uh, highly recommend that. My paper like two screen protectors on its way. So as soon as I get that, I have a chance to play with it on my iPad, my 12.9-inch iPad Pro. I will share my thoughts. I'm quite excited about this. I'm hoping for improvements over the previous generation. I found it too much rainbow effect for me on the previous one, although I did like the resistance to fingerprints. So I am going to be quite anxious in trying this one out. So I've included a link in the show notes uh, to an article that was in My Modern Met about a 21-year-old World War II soldier's sketchbooks. and so. He's, um, his name is uh, Victor Lundy, and he is 92 now, and this article's about some of the sketches he did when he was in the war. And I think it's really uh, timely and, and interesting to see this from a soldier's point of view and some of the sketches he was doing um, in this sketchbook and what was happening around him at the time. And putting these thoughts down, they're um, hosted on the, I think it's the Library of Congress site. And because uh, I think eight of his sketchbooks were donated there in uh, 2009, so 10 years ago. And if, if you're interested in sketching, if you've done urban sketching, if you're just starting out in graphite, uh, check out his work. Just keeping in mind that this was done many years ago in uh, 44, 1944. And uh, keep in mind what he was going through at the time. And so, you know, I, I'm really interested in this idea of, of urban sketching and carrying my spe- sketchbook around with me more often. I'm not going to be in a situation as he was, but having that available to you to document what's going on around you. So keeping in mind what he went through and many, many, many others and uh, looking at his sketchbooks, I think it's, uh, it's just, it's worth a look. So please check that link out in the show notes. So in the last uh, couple of weeks, I've done some more ink sketches. Most of them are birds. I did a cardinal um, in ink. I did an iguana which is not a bird, <laughs> maybe a descendant of a bird. Um, but I did it in ink as well, and I did some blue jays in ink. So I'm kind of carrying over from Inktober and spending some more time sketching. These are really quick sketches. Uh, I'm going straight to ink, no graphite here, uh, just trying to, um, to keep it up. Uh, I did do it digitally, Inktober, and I really wanted to get back to using ink with my uh, with my sailor with the Fude 40-degree uh, nib. And so I'm trying to sketch maybe four or five times a week. I'd like to try to do it every day, but you know what it's like. Things get busy. But I've provided links to all of those in my um, Instagram feed. So I recommend checking them out and uh, uh, taking a look. And if you have questions, just uh, message me or post a comment and I'll reply. 
So I've done a, uh, in addition to some of the ink, I've done some graphite. So I wanted to get back to pencils. So I did some cardinals, uh, three different kind of poses of cardinals in graphite. So that was good to get back to, uh, to playing with graphite again. I like the, uh, I still like the Pentel Graph Gear 1000, the mechanical pencil. It's got a 0.3 millimeter lead. And so I have three different ones. They're all the same, but inside of each of them, I have HB, 2B, and 2H. So going 2B, um, which is the softest, to the harder, which is 2H, allowing me to have a bit of flexibility. I really like the really tiny leads. I'm still playing with Stadler, a mechanical pencil as well, but I really like the 0.3 millimeter. And so the uh, the cardinals that you see in my feed, as well as the uh, the seagulls, or the I think they're black legged kittiwakes, is what they're uh, what they are. Uh, these were actually uh, some off of uh, photos I've taken. I used some reference photos I took off of the coast of Newfoundland a couple of years ago at a um, at a protected area, and uh, so I I use those as my reference photo of the of the seagulls. And once again, those and this and the cardinals. The three cardinals were all done in graphite, and once again, very quick. I spent a little bit more time on the on the seagulls and the kittiwakes because I wanted to um, get back to kind of working on, especially the nest materials, and working on the detail there. I, I quite enjoyed it. It wasn't my typical amount of time I'd spend on a on a drawing. I was probably in it for, I'm going to say maybe three hours uh, doing that little sketch. And my intent is maybe I'll do a much larger one. Uh, same scene, same composition, obviously more detail because uh, I didn't finish everything around the image. But I think I'm going to may do I may do a larger version of that one. And the other big news this week is that I uh, was able to get into the Procreate Five beta. So Procreate opened up the beta to the public uh, earlier this week. Uh, servers went down a couple times, but I was able to get in, and uh, I now have Procreate Five on my iPad. Uh, it sits as a separate app from the original, uh, the current version of Procreate. So I've played with it a little bit. I really, I, I don't want to say anything about it now because I haven't had a chance to really play much with it except to see uh, what is there, the, the the floating color palette, which is kind of interesting. I haven't played with the uh, the new Brush Studio but or the animation, but I'm going to spend a bit more time probably in the next couple of weeks. Uh, with Procreate 5, and I'll be able to come back to you with uh, with my thoughts on how this uh, changes things. Uh, a lot of people seem to be praising this, um, saying it's now complete as a matter of a drawing app. So I was quite happy, or I am quite happy with Procreate as it is. So I'm anxious to see what's in uh, Procreate 5 that has everyone so excited. So I will return back um, in a couple of weeks with my feedback on uh, Procreate 5. So let's get into the main show. I've got a special guest this week. I'm very excited to have her on the show, and uh, here we go. Sometimes we stumble upon a social media account and find relevance, inspiration, and even validation in what they post. My guest today did just that with her adventures in creativity, from lunchbox art for her son, wonderful paintings on canvas, rocks, and sidewalks, and more recently, October. She is an artist, a podcaster, a photographer, and a gamer. Welcome to the Drawing Inspiration Podcast, Tiff Armit. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm good. I'm uncomfortable with the term artist, but uh, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll let it slide this time. <laughs> you did reference yourself as artist in your in your podcast, which we'll talk about. I did. So Quite I, the I, slip of the lip, but <laughs> there it is. Our history goes back a bit in that uh, I think it was 
August 2017, I had posted a cicada, which is kind of a, a bug mm-hmm. <laughs> insect. And uh, you had done a drawing of it or a painting of it. Yeah, a little watercolor painting. Yeah. And I was like, wow. <laughs> I, I was impressed with like the, the fact that somebody did that, but also the quality. I, and it got me to thinking that um, there, there are other people out there, right? That there, there are your people <laughs> and you can find them. And I'm wondering, like, you had been doing watercolor at that point in time, and probably acrylic and others. What's your first experience with art? Do you remember your earliest experience in drawing, painting as a kid? Yeah, I mean, I think it was mainly like finding things that I thought were cool drawings and like trying to copy them, mostly like fairies and dragons, you know, like when I was in middle school, and just copying something from a book. Um, And thinking like, oh, you know, I can do this. I can mimic somebody else pretty well. But I never had the inclination to like make something that was from my own brain. You know, like I never went further. I always thought I couldn't draw. And I always was afraid like how bad I was at it compared to my friends who just drew all the time. And they were like the art kids, right? And they just like always did this all the time. And I had these dreams of being able to do something like that but i was always too afraid to actually go forward and do something because everything i made just felt like it was a mimic of something else but this that so that was like my earliest kind of foray into drawing and art it was it was more of a desire and a longing to want to do it and to be good at it but never putting in the effort to actually get better because i had this notion that you were either good at drawing or you weren't like i had no concept that it could be learned until i was so much older do you think that as creatives do you think we run into this problem where we don't realize we're artists early enough yeah i think so i think there's a certain group of people that are naturally very good at this kind of stuff or they have the inclination to practice more than others and i think that early on you get told wow you're an artist or you're a good writer or, you know, you get labeled these things. You're a good musician. Uh, you know, you're good at public speaking. And so people tell you what you're good at. And that kind of reinforces in your brain like, oh, this is my path and this is what I should do. And if you have a passion for something that maybe you're not the best at, it's difficult to go back and be like, oh, I'm going to give up the thing that I'm told I'm good at. And I'm going to go pursue this other thing that I'm not as good at. So that's kind of what happened to me is that I went off and pursued more writing and that kind of thing, because that's what I was told I was good at from a young age. So I went and did that. I mean, that's kind of how I got into podcasting because people are like, hey, I like your voice. And I'm like, "Ooh, neat. <laughs> like, that sounds cool. I can talk. <laughs> so uh, so kind of it was one of those, you know, reinforcing situations where enough people give you a compliment about something and you start to believe it about yourself, which is a very wonderful thing to feel. And so then you go forward and pursue stuff. And I think that that's kind of where I am now is that like very much like showing you the cicada that I painted was nice getting that really positive feedback from basically strangers on the internet, but at the same time, not so strangers because it's more of like a community of encouragement that's, that's really out there. And I think that that's kind of driven me forward and you can do this, you know, like even though you're posting your best work and you're not showing the mutant cicadas that you did before, it's 
it's the encouragement that is like, okay, I can do this and I will be showing my best stuff, but it's still, it's a, it's a path forward and it's really encouraging and great. Do you think, and we're talking about Instagram here. I mean, Instagram yep. is a much more positive environment for sharing. I mean, I share across multiple social media channels and I only really look at Instagram. I share it on Twitter, but I don't really follow Twitter. The response is low on art on Twitter. You know, like yeah. I think people will scroll past it and look at it and be like, oh, cool, but they won't engage. I feel like on Instagram, people engage. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that it is more compelling. Obviously, it's more positive and it's easier to, you, you know, using the hashtags and that to be able to follow those kind of channels that you're interested in, right? And that starts to populate your feed with, with things that are compelling. I just started using the whole hashtag thing. I, at first, oh, really? I was like really against it. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to clutter up my comments with hashtags and all this stuff. And then I'm like, hmm, this is how you grow your audience, isn't it? I have to use <laughs> hashtags. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've... I started using Apple Notes and storing like groups of hashtags like this is a graphite drawing. This is a watercolor drawing. And this is a graphite drawing of a bird. So there's a whole bunch of other. And then I stopped doing that. And I'm, I don't know, I probably should get back to it. The question I had about kind of being able to find yourself is do you think that it's easier? Like when you look at uh, your son right now, do you think it will be easier for him to find his his voice, his his calling than it was for you? Like, do you think there is a generational impact there? I I don't think so. I don't know if it would be easier. I mean, I think he's more exposed to a lot of things than I was. But I mean, I was exposed to kind of a lot. I had a pretty fantastic childhood, so I can't really complain there. I wasn't put down or said that, you know, like you have to go make money in order to be successful. Like it, it was nothing like that. So I definitely uh, I hope that he is able to explore more things just because I mean, being more modern and being more exposed to things, just having the internet around, right? Like and being able to find communities of people that support you and what you want to do. That's a big difference that he's going to be growing up with that, you know, it was a while before our generation kind of came to that. It came, we came to this later, but so I see him now getting into things and trying stuff because I'm trying it, which is really encouraging. Um, oh, that's cool. So it's like, he's trying to draw. It's funny. I see him kind of, drawing his stuff at school kind of in the style of what I've been drawing, which is really <laughs> cute. Uh, or I'm taking guitar lessons. So he's like, you know, playing around with more music and talking about guitar. And like, so that's all really encouraging. I think when he's, it's nice that he's around all of that creativity and expression and, and he's trying it on for himself too. That's cool. I, I think that's, uh, I mean, I'm the reason I think I got back, I say back into art. I mean, I, I, I was in a bit of a blue collar family. Mm -hmm. And so it was a bit of a, you know, to say that you're going to be an artist was like, okay, but how are you gonna make money? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we can talk about, you know, monetizing your hobby a little bit later. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, no, I wasn't, I didn't escape that, that, that I definitely got. But it, yeah, it was more of an encouragement kind of way, which was extra okay. frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me it was uh it was a bit of that and then there was a, a girl I think her, her name was Lisa and I think I talked about this in a previous episode but she was really really good especially at horses mm -hmm. and so she came to our school in like grade 4 and I was pretty good at drawing I thought I remember for some reason that I was good 
And then she came and she was way better than me. And it was like, fine, <laughs> I quit. <laughs> See, that's the way I am too. Anymore. I'm like, when I meet someone better at something, I'm like, all right, what else can I do? What can I be the best at? Because obviously <laughs> right. you won this. And so now I got to go find something else. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, that's really hard to fight. I mean, people talk about imposter syndrome and, and, and all of that, but it is really hard to fight that when you think, well, I did really well. And then two or three days later, you see something and it's like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's how I know something's good or that I like some work of somebody else is when I'm angry at them or jealous that they made it and I didn't. That's when I'm like, yeah, okay, I like your work because I'm mad that it's not mine. <laughs> right. So did you take any kind of courses or training when you were younger or, you know, through high school, college, that kind of stuff in kind of creative work, whether it's drawing or painting or? No, I didn't. I remember a friend used to go to painting class. And one night when I was sleeping over her house, like, I don't know, we were like in middle school. I went to her painting class and we drew flowers and like a vase, right? <laughs> like with some paint. But other than that, no, I never took any classes because I wasn't the art kid. Like I, I didn't become that that kid, you know, I didn't, I didn't go down that path, um, even though I always admired all those art kids and I wanted to be them and I wanted to be friends with them. But I, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't weird enough. Uh, I was pretty <laughs> weird, but it's like, I wasn't weird enough. Uh, they were on a whole nother plane and I wanted it so bad. Like I'm saying weird in like a complimentary way. And okay. yeah, so I never, I never did it because I never felt like I had my own voice. Like I said, I was just, you know, drawing fairies from a book that had fairies in it. Uh, and it didn't feel like I had anything to say um, when it came to creating anything artistic. So I shied away from it. And so, yeah, my first classes are now. <laughs> this is the first <laughs> time I'm 30 something. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. That's fine. <laughs> no, 30. Six. I just couldn't remember. Um, I'm okay. 36, and I, I'm taking my first art classes. So, that, any age, that is right? Cool. <laughs> right. And we'll get to that because I really want to. I, I've, I've. Well, I shouldn't say that. I took one workshop at the age of 50. Uh, so, <laughs> well, now you're I'm, teaching uh, workshops. Well, I, it, I, I'm offering support. <laughs> I, I have taught. Um, I guess what were they? Eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds. So. You know, I guess that that was a workshop. It was in a school. I taught them how to shade and do perspective, but uh, I was just the volunteer parent, right? So, but um, yeah, I, I think that it's and, and it is tough because I remember when I was drawing, I was mimicking, you know, Tom and Jerry. That, that's my generation, right? But <laughs> it, was, it was stuff like that, and I can appreciate like so. You were focused more on the fact that you didn't have your own cast of characters, and you were focused more on being unique rather than being technical, being good at, at drawing, as, at, at replicating a character, right? Is that, that's how you were judging what an artist was? Yeah, I, I was, okay. because it was like, if you had something else to say that someone else hasn't said, that to me was like, wow, that's impressive. And I, I always remember, I always thought like, I wish I could draw so I could express these ideas that I have in my head, like something funny would happen. And I'd be like, oh, I wish I had a, I wish I could draw a comic, you know, like I wish I could display this in an artistic way, but I can't because I can't draw. So I won't. And I can't. And that's what I told myself for years, basically until now. 
and now I have like a, a little kind of web comic. I, I don't know what to call her, but she's <laughs> around. And for the first time, I feel like, wow, I've created something that wasn't here before that feels totally mine. And that is what I've been craving since I was 15, some, something early like that. So it feels really good to come around to that, even though it took so many years. So I was going to ask this later, but I think now's a good time. If, if that 15-year-old version of you were to talk to you right now for an hour, what do you think they would say? Do you think they would be pleased with how things turned out to this point? They'd be like, why didn't you start earlier? What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, why did you wait so long? <laughs> it's like, think of where you could be now if you started when you were, you know, 15 years ago. <laughs> like, yeah, I think, uh, well, I, you know, I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing because I, I've, let's say over the last two years, I've seen the growth and um, I've seen how you really owned kind of Inktober this year. I did own Inktober this year. I rocked Inktober. I feel so <laughs> good about Inktober this year. You have no idea. Actually, now you do because I told you. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was great. I mean, the, and, and we'll get into Inktober. So I wanted to... Well, we'll talk about that in your, your comic. I think it's great. <laughs> I want to talk about it now, but I wanted to kind of delve into some of the mediums you've worked with, because sure. I think that's really helpful for people to understand the stuff that you've played with. And so can you talk a little bit about that and what you've tried and what you haven't tried or what you'd like to try as a matter of uh, mediums? Sure. Um, I started with watercolor because I always knew, well, like as I was getting into art, uh, drawing was difficult for me. Um, it still is. And the idea of representing things with just lines, I wasn't feeling it. And then I started playing around with watercolor because they were something that's easy to buy. Um, it's easy to buy like higher end watercolor and like have them around and use them. It, it was just more accessible. It didn't feel like such a big mess or um, a big learning curve, like something like oil paints eventually. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, I'll talk about that. Um, so I started with the watercolor because I can understand the blocks of color and shading and representing things better than lines. So I don't know what that is in my brain. Maybe it's someone can totally <laughs> articulate what that is, but that's where I'm coming from. So I had a lot more success with painting uh, than I did with drawing. And that kind of led me into oils, which <laughs> is a strange thing to go into because it's such a serious medium. And it's something that I really enjoy because it is so forgiving. It's complicated, but it's forgiving because it takes a thousand years to dry. <laughs> so you can always change something. And that to me was the most beneficial for me learning uh, that I felt like I wasn't locked into something. And that's why I hate acrylics because they dry so fast and they don't mix. And I can't just like squish stuff around and make it work, you know, like I can with oil paints. And even watercolor was a little bit squishier, you know, than acrylic is. Watercolor isn't that forgiving when you're doing it right. But the way I was doing it, it was squishier. <laughs> um, but yeah, oils became my favorite and I'm still learning quite how to use them. The first time I did it, I used way too much with no um, no medium in them. So they were just all <laughs> solid oil paint. It was a very <laughs> thick painting of some bacon and eggs, which I thought would be funny as a friend, he asked for bacon and eggs 
painting for Christmas. And I thought it would be funny to do an oil because it was such a stupid painting with such a serious paint. So that's why I went for it. And I had no idea what I was doing. But it did make me fall in love with oil. And I haven't looked back since. And that's what I've been using. Yeah, and I think that in some of the oils you've done, what's really, uh, I think, brave of you is posting the works in progress, because you don't see a lot of that, right? You don't. And a lot of stuff, it starts off real jacked up. Like, (laughs) it looks real bad. It looks real bad before it gets good, uh, which I'm very much learning in a lot of my uh, classes that I'm taking now, that paintings and underpaintings and the way things start can look completely different from where they end up. Yeah, I've, uh, I can appreciate even watercolor, like it it doesn't really matter. Well, except maybe graphite's the same way. It's, I've had people I've been out doing plein air painting. I tried that this year, which was so much fun. But so I've been doing plein air painting and people come up just as you're starting. It's like, no, 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 no. You come back in an hour. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> don't look right now. Don't, don't watch me block this in because it's going to look like a crazy person. It's like right. you're drawing a map that someone else looks at. And it's like, you don't know this map because it's a map that I know. Like, it's for me. It's it's my guide. It's not for you. <laughs> it's exactly. It's, I feel like they're looking at thinking, oh, she, you know, he's trying so hard. It's it's nice. You know, <laughs> it's like, come on, give me a break. I'm going to wear like a, you know, put a blanket over me or something until it gets closer. But I think I tried oils once and I was frustrated because it took so long to dry. It's like, yeah. how am I supposed to put the next thing on here? I, I just, I haven't touched it for 25 years, maybe. Oh, yeah. It's all about how thin and every. And I, I got to say, the idea of having someone look at your stuff before it's finished, um, being in a class of people or even like an open studio day or, you know, some sort of group painting activity when you take breaks and everyone's looking at each other's stuff and you're like, oh, I'm going to die of embarrassment on how bad I am. And everyone's coming around and looking. But then you walk around and you look at their stuff too and you're like, oh, I did my eyes better than you. <laughs> like, you know, you can, or the, then you look at them and you're like, oh, that person's so good, right? But yeah. there's always someone that you can be like, you can see that they're learning too. And you don't feel so bad about where you're starting in relation to other people because it's kind of nice finding that environment where you don't feel like the worst. And when you do see someone who was at a, a level before you, you don't, judge them because you're like, oh, I was there. I totally know how that feels like. And it's like you you just keep getting better the more you practice. And it is. It's all, it's all the practice. And speaking of mediums, though, I have been very much getting into um, digital art on my iPad. Oh, boy, do I like that. Because talk <laughs> about fixable. Oh, right. that's like, that back button is some sweet, sweet stuff right there. I love it so much. <laughs> layers oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) right i mean i don't have you done oils recently because i and i say that just because i you've you've been doing a lot of digital yeah which i think is great i've been doing a lot of digital because i'm uh doing a lot of oil and um other you know hands-on mediums in classes and i take classes three days a week so it's like my drawing time at home is better served with something that's not so messy where I have to like (laughs) clean up everything after like hours of painting or so it's it's more of um it's more of snacking on art really with my digital drawings than than going in for the full meal of the the big painting which uh 
which I definitely get my fill of because my classes are like three hours long and it's three days a week. So I kind of get my fill with that. So that that's where my oil painting and everything is happening. But once the semester's over, then I'm going to get back into the studio. So what are you rocking as a matter of an iPad right now? What version, what size? Uh, the big one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I've got the the big one. Uh, okay. Not the, the 12.9. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's yeah. big and it has that great flat edge pencil. And nice. um, I use Procreate, which I absolutely adore because it, I understand it a lot because I understand Photoshop. So mm-hmm. Procreate, as I was getting into it, I was like, oh, I know how this works. I know what this does. I know what this part is for. You know, so it's like, it spoke my language that I already mm-hmm. understood from doing a lot of photography editing. So it was an app that just really fit me really well. I tried on a couple other art apps, which I can't even remember now. <laughs> so It's so long ago. But Procreate, she's my gal. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I mean, if anyone's tr- person's listening right now and is interested in getting into digital, if there's anything you can learn from Photoshop and bring into Procreate, it's layers. Mm-hmm. The, the ability to take something you're working on and duplicate that and hide it and and branch <laughs> and explore something and think I'm just going to go down this route a little bit and play in here and then be able to say no never never mind I delete this layer go back to where I was or even just tucking in shadows like the the idea of putting something behind another yes. piece and being able to sh- shade in without being uh, without destroying what you were working on in the first place like it's just oh it's so nice it's so nice and I agree Procreate is so much fun to use. I just recently found the symmetry tool. Oh my goodness, did I have fun that day. <laughs> That's, it's absolutely wild. And I was like, oh, this makes everything so much easier. This exactly. is amazing. Now, do you have a screen protector on? I don't, no. You know what I did? And, and I don't know if you use one of these. It's goofy. But you know those two-fingered gloves? Y- they're, yeah. They're black and people wear them to draw like on digital because what it does is it it allows your hand to slide over the glass hmm oh yeah without uh without any contact kind of uh affecting it yeah yeah exactly and i start i bought one like i don't know six months ago and i'm thinking i'm a digital artist i should have one of these (laughs) (laughs) then i put it in a bag and remembered oh i got one of these and so i dug it out and i've started using it when i was doing october i was using it all the time and it's like it is so much easier to get a nice straight line because you're not hampered by the the friction of your skin. Nice. Um, oh, I should try that. But the thing is, but you just hold you coffee. hold down the pencil and you get a straight line. <laughs> like, true. It straight lines true. it for you. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want a a little bit of a crookedy straight line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your line's too straight. I want my <laughs> artistically right. straight line. I don't want to look like I tried too hard. <laughs> right. I don't want people to think this is a a photo and get it banned from Procreate, uh, which totes happened to you. <laughs> So yeah, the but the thing is, when you go into a coffee shop and you open up your iPad and then you put on the special glove, <laughs> people look at you like, oh, <laughs> excuse me. You're serious now. <laughs> That's right. Hey, own your special glove. <laughs> like, this is what I had to do for my art. I don't feel the need to explain my art to you, coffee shop people. <laughs> I don't know. I think my iPad has a nice layer of um, oil paint stuck to it <laughs> at this point because i use it as sometimes um like i stand it up for reference images in the studio and i touch it and gets covered in oil paint so i can't put a film on it otherwise i wouldn't wipe so clean (laughs) right (laughs) but yeah my cover's all stained it's it's a mess 
Well, that's, uh, and have you bought other brushes? Like, or you've stayed with the stock? Like, what is your go-to two or three brushes that you use? Um, I mainly just use the painting brush uh, in there. I have bought a brush pack that's kind of more like a um, uh, old pen nib kind of brush set. Oh, I really should just know okay. what this is. My iPad's in the other room. But it's uh, it's okay. I played with it a little bit. I kind of, it got advertised to me on Instagram and I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll try this out. <laughs> You got me Instagram. Instagram's really good at that. They are good at it. I'm like, yeah, you know me. All right, I'll I'll bite. I'll bite. So I have that. Uh, but otherwise, the the built-in stuff, I just use the smudge tool a lot. Like I'm mm-hmm. very into squidging and smudging. It's a, it's a reason why I like oil paints in the first place, right? So that's generally I just put down layers of stuff and I squish it around. Um, that's generally how I how I paint on the iPad and in life. <laughs> well, that's that's interesting because I do not, and, and it's so good to hear that you know you can use Procreate that way, right? And uh, maybe I'll have to try that. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's freeing. It's fun. It just it's like oh, I drew that nose terrible. Just like boop boop boop, and just like move it around like it's like it's uh, almost like it's clay. You know, it's uh, right. kind of the same feeling as um, you're modeling something because you it's very tactile, like tactile and. It's a it's a neat way because I've done it both ways. I've done line drawings, uh, pencil style brushes, like with the shading. Um, I'm trying to like branch out and do more stuff. But my go to is definitely the the slather down a whole bunch of color and then squish it around. So have you ever had the situation where you go to oil or pencil on paper and you tap the paper with two fingers? I have not tapped the paper with two fingers, but I have very much been upset that there was no undo like (laughs) oh you put in that one wrong stroke and you're like oh (laughs) i can't just i actually have to repaint this whole area i can't just undo it and you can't wipe it away because then it like makes a big streak and it's just like oh the amount of work that one wrong brush stroke causes you in an oil Mm -hmm. painting versus a wrong brush stroke in an app like procreate and you're just like boop that's done i I could just move on from that yeah that's it gets me into tricky situations because it makes me a riskier painter uh i take Mm. more stupid chances i'm like yeah (laughs) let's try the nose this way and then it's like no it's destroyed (laughs) my hours of work on this nose in one stroke and it's just terrible again yeah definitely spoils me when it comes to uh (laughs) how careful I should be. Yeah, I uh, I've been doing a lot of ink on paper, and I've I've run into the same thing where you know pencils you can always modify, but with ink it's like oh, and and I, I'm so used to tapping with two fingers to undo, mm-hmm. right? And I tap the paper, and it's like oh, you're mad at yourself because you did it because it's not digital, <laughs> and then you're mad at yourself because you did it. Yep. with the ink, and you're like, I knew better. <laughs> I my brain told me to stop, and I did it anyway. <laughs> And ink is even less forgiving. Oh, you just one wrong little thing and you're like, this is over. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. (laughs) I think the, and and this week I had, I'd never had this happen, but I was working on, oh, it was the woodpecker. So I had Mm -hmm. to turn the paper quite a bit to kind of get in there and not get ink all over my hand, right? So I didn't want to drag it across the paper. And I put my two fingers down and I rotated the paper. (laughs) Like it was a canvas and procreate. (laughs) Uh, Has zooming in also spoiled you? Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah, it's like my yeah. eyes won't zoom enough. <laughs> like getting closer to my painting isn't making it more clear. That's right. <laughs> Are there I guess is there anything that you haven't tried yet that you want to explore? 
as a matter of mediums hmm. or even styles. I mean, we can maybe talk about that when we talk about your, your courses that you're taking, but is there any medium that you've wanted to try that you haven't or that you want to spend more time at? I mean, I really would like to get better at graphite drawing um, and ink drawing in general. That's where I have the most trouble. I've just recently started getting into um, charcoals and Kante. Um, I think that's how you say it. Mm -hmm. I uh, And that's through my classes. We were doing it in one of the classes and I was like, oh, this is kind of like painting because you, you know, you take the little smudge stick and you squish it around. Anything you can squish around. I'm like, right. I'm here. I'm here for this. <laughs> um, I think that's why I could get into graphite drawing because it is similarly um, squishy if you use the right, uh, the right leads, but it is um, ink drawing is just so the lines and the, a lot of what you do, I admire so much because it feels yeah. like something that um, my brain won't let me do yet uh without a lot of practice and um so i need to i need to up my practice but i'm still i'm still very much married to painting and i don't want to let go of my painting time to right. get into other stuff just yet so yeah that's it but acrylic i'm never getting into acrylic screw screw you <laughs> 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 I okay um I, I like gouache that's also really good um yes i think that's a lot of fun because I, I like how uh, matte it is. It's very cool. Yeah, I've tried. Uh, I'm working on a piece now where I'm playing with a bit of gouache because I just I want that opaque white and I yeah. don't want to have to fight with. Uh. So, um, yeah, I'm using a little bit of gouache just trying it out. But I think the uh, the only class I've taken as a workshop was a three day workshop in graphite uh, from an artist uh, from the UK, Mike Sibley. And um, I learned so much for something that I thought was fairly simple. I had his book. I read through his book mm -hmm. and did all that kind of stuff. But um, it was one of those things just to, to kind of loop back to what you talked about, where you're walking around seeing other people's work, where you walk around and you realize, huh, I did this bit okay. Yeah. I, I did it better than them. Oh, they did this part. So maybe I should ask them how they did that differently. And there is a, it's kind of a mix of humility and validation yes. when you're kind of walking around and seeing this, right? That's a perfect way to put it. It's exactly how it feels. And I think that everyone walking around the room feels similar. And uh, I think that's what people keep coming back to classes because once you get over the the fear or the anxiety or or maybe even the, um, the idea that ah, I could learn on the internet, you know, like I can learn with uh, YouTube and stuff. It's just that feedback and being around other people, like it starts to become like this, just like you said, like validation. And it's also humbling and the the idea of someone actually pointing out on your painting or drawing what you're doing wrong and how that like how to adjust it to to fix something um it's just so invaluable like it it really has changed a lot of stuff for me and it's made it, it i feel like it's advanced me faster than anything else has and i think people would argue you know many people would say that it's not um you don't have to share everything you don't have to put everything on social media but mm -hmm. what i think that's happened to me a few times is I posted something that I think is, yeah, you know, I'm going to post it anyways, because I want other people to feel that it's okay to do that. And then people end up loving it, right? Yeah. And it's, I didn't expect it. And I, it's so weird when that happens. It's like, well, but that, I didn't think that was that good. So am I confused? Do I need to readjust my compass here? Because <laughs> the stuff I don't think is good is actually not bad. Um, well, because it's like, I don't know about you, but I spend a lot of my time on Instagram looking at some phenomenal artists. And a lot of the mm -hmm. times you spend all this time comparing yourself to someone that's so far advanced from you that you are looking at their work because you admire it. 
And when you post something of your own, a lot of your followers and and people who are around you aren't looking at artists all day, like the way you are. Uh, And so they, they will see something as really impressive when what do they have to compare it to? Um, And also maybe it's something like that they feel like they can't do. So it's admirable. And I think that that's like a really cool way to display your stuff and to kind of get that feedback and to get some validation and make you feel a little bit good about what you're doing, even when you're still just learning. And so just around that point then is uh, when we talk about, you know, motivation, inspiration, is that where you derive it from? Is there like what, what moves you forward at this point beyond the fact that you've paid for a course and you have to attend three times a week? (laughs) What, what pulls you forward now? What is it that that's bringing you along this journey that you're on? Right now, it's more of a, um, I have ideas of things that I want to paint. I have like this whole list of, uh, you know, like a a note, (laughs) a note that says like art ideas. And I want to have my skill be up to par with my brain. Uh, if that makes sense, like I want mm-hmm. to be able to paint the ideas that I have. And right now I almost feel like my hands can't do what my brain sees. And so I want to get better in order to produce these things that I have a desire to produce just from my soul, I guess, like <laughs> for through having feelings and, you know, just wanting to express that in, in art. And so that's where I'm motivated to continue to get better and i am constantly looking at other artists work and being like wow that's really great and i love realism because i can see clearly where to go with realism you know like Mm -hmm. it it just you have to get to the point where it looks really real (laughs) you know like that's (laughs) the end point um but yet i admire a lot of abstract artists because that to me is just so from your brain in this crazy way and there's no right or wrong but there is a a way for it to be good or bad you know like yes when you look at abstract art and it's just like yeah that's just a mess because there's no intention behind it but then something that has intention for some reason you're like why is this so beautiful (laughs) i can't stop looking (laughs) at it and to me that skill and, and all of that that's really admirable and i want to get myself to that point where where I feel like, you know, like I can not compete because I've spent so much time comparing myself to others in a way that was detrimental to my own growth because I st- stopped trying because I thought it I could never be that. But mm-hmm. now I look at it more of a, I want to progress to that skill level to produce things like this. Um, I've gotten over like that hump of of feeling bad about not being able to do it. And now it's more, right. I have ideas that I want to do and therefore I need the skills for it. So it was it was more of an overcoming the desire that I wanted to make instead of the fear of being bad. I mean, you can see your improvement. Like even though it's been a short period of time and it's hard to devote time to art, right? I mean, that's, it's a, always a balance in uh, in your role as, you know, beyond the podcaster and photographer and everything I spoke <laughs> about is that, you you know, you're, you're a wife, you're a mom, you're a friend, right? Um, and those all tap into your time. It is really hard to move it forward sometimes. Well, right now I'm not a very, I'm not a very good other thing of those things because I've been doing a lot of art. <laughs> but I'll get back, I'll get back to those things, I promise. <laughs> Sorry, friends and child and husband. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
So I think the um, the other question I had just around the motivation and inspiration is, do you have a ritual when you decide you want to, I mean, digital, I'll let you speak to digital and you can maybe tell me, is that a different kind of, I'm going to go draw on the iPad. Is there something around that versus I'm going to go and paint? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. painting is messy. You have to get out the canvas. You got to get out the brushes and your apron and the medium and the linseed oil. And, the, you know, like, you have to set up your palette. Like, there's, it's so messy. And so it's like, if you're not going to sit down and paint for, like, three hours, I have a hard time, at least three hours, you know, I have a hard time going through all of that. Uh, so it's like, oh, if I have an hour to dip down to the studio, I'm like, no way, because it's going to take me, you know, 15, 20 minutes to set everything up. And then I have like no time and then I have to break it all down. Right. I mean, some some paints you can like seal up. Right. So that a palette will stay, but you still have to clean your brushes and go through all of that. And when something on the iPad, if I do have like, you know, an hour to do something, that's when I'll pick up the iPad or I feel like watching Friends again. And um, I'll just I'll draw on the iPad while I am watching Friends because it's just like downtime. But yet I'm practicing. I'm still practicing. And right. it's easy. It's not messy. It's it's just there. And or on airplanes. I love iPads on airplanes because I used to try and pack like art supplies to do art on um, trips. But I never, ever used it. And I use the iPad every time. So definitely painting is is that big time commitment i have a whole day to paint and this is what i'm doing so um it's, it's a it's a big difference and do you if you're painting do you go through like that you listen to a certain type of music do you make a tea is there some kind of other kind <laughs> of i'm gonna say almost like a spiritual experience to prepare yourself for that event or do you just kind of i'm gonna go do it uh i'm i'm so erratic <laughs> i think i think i just i'm all of a sudden i'm like i have to paint right now <laughs> like <laughs> and i just kind of go do it um it depends on what i'm painting if i'm a lot of times i'll listen to podcasts um okay. i sometimes i'll listen to like the pen addict or i'll listen to um, my brother my brother and me <laughs> like the bim bam uh, stuff or i'll listen to music like a playlist that um gives me a whole bunch of feelings about whatever i'm painting uh mm -hmm. if i'm sad i'll put on like you know the sad playlist or <laughs> if i'm happy it's like i'm gonna rock out in the studio while i'm just like painting something <laughs> really colorful so it's uh it's basically i i feel a little I, i'm very erratic yeah that's the best word for it is erratic <laughs> i i'm definitely not a creature of habit i'm a creature of changing <laughs> constantly that's good at least you're consistent. I'm consistently that you're changing. Yes, <laughs> that's right. So you, you've implied a um, a couple times that you're taking courses now. Mm -hmm. So can you talk through that? Like, you know, where what courses are you taking? You said three times a week. Um, what's that like in going and taking a class at? You know, and I, I don't mean this in in a negative way, but in at somebody who's 36 and I'm 52, so you know. <laughs> but for somebody at 36, are you coming in to that? Um, compared to others in the class. So I've kind of given you a lot of questions there, but can you talk about that experience of, of taking this, uh, this semester of, of training? Yeah, I, um, I'm going down to the uh, New York Academy of Art um, down in Tribeca in New York City. And I, I live in the suburbs, so I just commute down, which is really, really fast and easy. And it is a, uh, the school, which is a, it's, it's mostly a graduate school, but they have this wonderful um, continued education program where you can just kind of 
sign up for one-off classes and show up and you go. It's like a whole semester. It's with the professors that teach at the school. It's using the school's facilities. It's um, There's nothing different about it except you aren't working towards a certificate or a degree or a grade. Um, you're just literally going to learn. But you have models that are in the class if the class requires such a thing. And you, like I said, you can use all the easels that are there and they have these beautiful casts of some of um, these amazing sculptures from the Met. And it's just the facilities are are really accessible to everybody. So you're not like walled off because you're a continued education student or anything like that. And the benefit that that also gives is that the people in the class are a wide range of people. So you have People in their 20s all the way up to their 60s um, or high. I don't know everyone's exact age, but you know what I mean. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's nice to see that no matter what age, there are people here taking this class and they're learning at a similar level. And even some people in the class are like, oh, I took this same class last year. I'm just doing it again. And they they come back to uh, practice more and just be a little bit better and then get a little bit something different out of the class once your skills are a little bit more advanced. So right. that's been really cool, especially talking to the other students. And some people are like, oh, yeah, this is my first class or this is my 10th class. Some people are even there taking a few classes to see if they want to do a certificate program and, you know, really invest in their art. And it's this wonderful variety. Um and so that's been really fun to be around this community of people who I don't think I would have run into otherwise. And um, the classes I'm taking are, I'm taking Intro to Figure Anatomy, which is my favorite class because you we have kind of like a lecture-ish uh, in the beginning of the class for like the first hour. And it breaks down like, one day will be day about skulls. The next day will be all about <laughs> pelvises. And then now we're like into muscle groups of the neck, you know, like, so each day is something different. And then we have a live model who comes and the professor will point out uh, things on the model. Like this is a bony landmark and this is where you're going to be l- focusing on or looking at or like, oh, look when she moves her shoulder this way, how it changes everything. And then we we draw or we paint. You can basically use anything you want in the class. The professor and the student teacher walk around and help you if you have questions and in that particular class like you're learning how to draw someone from like the inside out i guess because you're like looking at the structure and why it's there and how it moves it's this wonderful mix of science and art which just i love that i'm also taking a portrait class which some of that same information um overlaps a little bit here and there but one is just strictly portrait and the way that class operates, um, we have a model that sits the whole time, you know, with like breaks. And uh, we draw a portrait of a different model for like a six week. Um, they sit for six weeks. So okay. what? But it's once a week. But they call it like a, a this is a six week pose, right? So I'm learning all this lingo too. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I feel all arty now. Uh, and so that's nice that like you go back and they set everything up again, just like it was in the last class. And then you continue painting. So it's like a three hour painting each class, but it's a much larger, longer painting. So you have more time to get into the details and 
And she goes into like, this is, you know, a part of the face that is really indicative of um, getting a likeness and make sure you get this distance right. And, you know, and learning the proportions and the planes of the face. Um, and then my final class is a still life class. And that one is, um, again, a lot of like learning about shading and light and different ways of painting. But we don't have to keep stopping because apples don't care if you take breaks. Um, <laughs> but that is also a pretty great class because, um, you know, you're learning how to focus on light and do underpaintings and drawing. And that's where I learned um, to use the Conte for the first time. And so that was a unique thing or toning paper. There's all these little skills that. Uh, it seems like a lot of people just know, but so you know, someone has to teach them, right? So uh, I'm I'm learning all of those things now in these classes, and uh, it's a nice overall rounding of if you want to make a painting, these are kind of the things that are helpful to know. So, what do you think has the been the most helpful thing you've learned in the classes so far? Like, what strikes you as like, I, wow, this has transformed how I do this one thing. I've always had a really difficult time drawing people as not mutants and the idea of proportion and everything about proportion just, I don't know, my brain would just gloss over it. You know, I would read stuff about it and I would try, try it out on my own and I just never, ever got it. And now in these classes with with having someone doing a demonstration and pointing things out on an actual person and and correcting your painting or your drawing right there in front of you that has been invaluable like it's just it's it's really changed the way i've been able to draw people and one of those things it's like you've always see those uh artists or someone doing a drawing holding up a pencil and like squinting their eyes at their subject yes. and like i'm like what do you do when you look like a fool like <laughs> i was like <laughs> like what yeah you're who are you kidding you're just trying to be all arty and like hold up your pencil yeah right like i was too cool for school and now i figured out like they taught you like why you do that and you're taking measurements but based on proportions so like mm -hmm. you're looking at you know okay so the, the top of the nose to the top of the head is is this high and that matches this other measurement and so you can be able to move it around and so those kind of little techniques have really changed my drawing and i am closer to drawing a real human than i ever have been before i don't think i've done it yet but i'm closer well i have to say was it today you posted the progress the, th the three stories yeah today was, was um today? today was my portrait class yeah yeah so i you know when i look at today's and this is uh what's today november 14th mm -hmm. um and I look at what you did today versus, and, and, you know, you're natural at this. Like, you can see the talent. But when I look at today's <laughs> versus, <me> <laughs> versus some of the stuff you did, I'm going to say, well, you were doing my curly, right? With the glasses? Yeah, yeah, yep. When I look at that to what you're doing now, it is night and day. Like, you can see, what you did today was you could see the subtleties. You could see where the light's falling, where it's not. It's much more subtle. It's it's the, the edges aren't as harsh, and just to the eye, you could see a huge improvement. So whatever they're teaching you, <laughs> it's working. Thank you. I I see the improvement too. I mean, just from the first model that we painted, which I didn't even post the picture of the full face because it seriously looked like half of her face was melting off because I half was really good, the other half was crazy. I, I guess if you covered up half both halves were fine they just didn't match and so like i can i just in the same class 
and I can already feel the improvement in myself. Like I, I can, I feel more confident in, in everything really. And so if anyone is interested in taking classes, I mean, do it because like, I, I, I feel good about seeing my own progress. And usually that's mm-hmm. the hardest thing to see is your own progress. And if there is progress there, it's like, I don't know. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I yep. feel so good that like I can see my own advancement in this short time. And that feels amazing. It, it does. I mean, when you can measure that and be able to say, um, you know, I'm, you know, and we'll talk about Inktober, which is a really good example of that, right? Well, I was going to like paint over my first portrait that I did in that class. And one of the other students said, no, 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 no. It's don't, don't get rid of it because it's going to be a really great tool for you to look back on, you know, in a year and be like, wow, I've gotten so much better. And you can actually see it instead of just throwing it away. Uh, So I still have (laughs) terrible painting. (laughs) Maybe one day I'll be brave enough to, to post the comparison of uh, one that I did that first one. That's it. You need, you know, you need to do something in five years or 10 years to say this is, you know, I, I have a chickadee I did. I don't know how many years ago it was. I posted it and uh, it went crazy because, you know, I thought at the time I did a good chickadee and then I did one recently and I thought I did a better one. And then I compared them side by side and it's like, wow, I'm glad I kept the first one because the, it's nice to see the progress, right? Yeah, because you can't and, quite remember, you know, like right. you were, I, I think when something comes out well, you're like, oh, I did a good job. And then something else comes out well later on, even though your skills had advanced and you still have that same, ah, I did a good job. Yeah. You know, like it's the same level of pleasure or pain, I guess, depending on how you're looking at it. But then when you compare the two, you're like, whoa, I really did a good job. <laughs> and it was inter- it's interesting you talk about the fact that people are taking the course again, because I had the same thing happen in the workshop. Mm-hmm. Because we did it in Ottawa. There were people from uh, Kentucky and uh, other parts in the U.S. that came just to this course, even though it was still offered in Florida. And they had taken the course two or three times before that. Yes. And I was thinking, what are you doing? But having taken his workshop, I'll take it again when he comes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just also like the motivation of getting out there. I mean, for a, a, like a course like I'm taking, um, you know, where else are you going to find a model to sit and pose for you for three hours? You know, like it's that in, its, in itself is kind of valuable just to have the time. I could see for something like that where you're devoted for three hours, it's like going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to go to this class and just sit in the corner with your with your brushes to your side and think, oh, I'm not into it today. But it's like going to the gym. You're going there with all your gear. You're not just going to sit in the corner. You're going to work out, right? Exactly. And that's what I found with like plein air painting, right? You go out, you bring your gear, you set your stuff up and you're like, I don't feel like it. Well, <laughs> well people now are you got to do this. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're committed to this now, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> right. You got to get something down before they come and look at your unfinished work and make fun of you. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I can see that. the And I think that, you know, as an artist, there's so much to learn, right? So you hit the course once with different uh, expectations and mm-hmm. different skills than you would a year or two or three years later. And so you pull something else out of the course that you may find helpful or you can focus. And it sounds like you found the course at the first, you know, so I don't, I know some people have taken stuff and thought, this isn't for me, but it sounds like you've found it, right? Like, Oh, yeah. I love them. I love it so much. Are you going to do more? I would very much like to, but I need to find ones that are um, doubled up on one day because it kills seven hours of my day, three days a week. And uh, it's really cut down on my traveling. So <laughs> I um, right. I need to concentrate my classes, I think, in order to have more of a life. Which, But I knew that this semester through the fall, I was like, 
dedicating more time to art than I ever have before. And uh, now I want to have time to be in my own studio and use the skills that I've gotten from these classes mm. while I'm still learning. So I think I'll just, I might cut down to like one class. And uh, so that will I'll keep it going, keep the learning going, but yet get back some of that time so I can make stuff for myself. You must have a tremendously supportive family to be able to devote the time to that. And that's so critical is, is having that support mechanism. Oh, absolutely. Too, right? so, also yeah. school. <laughs> Thank <laughs> <Right>. you, teachers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for managing my child during the day yep, yes exactly uh that's cool i do i do leave i do leave after the bus goes and i get back before the bus comes back so oh it works that's, out <laughs> that's perfect <Yep. laughs> how was your day at school <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah and i think that's a great lesson I, I keep telling my kids that like you're never too old to learn i think that's great that uh, he's able to see that you know yeah it is it feels good to that he sees me going to school and trying new things and what did you do today? I'm going to show you. So that's uh, that's great. He asks every he asks every day. It's it's very cute. And I have to say this, you know, the work you did in his on his costume for Halloween. Oh, thank you. Was incredible. <laughs> the fact that you have all this time, right, that, that you're committed to and taking the the classes and and everything else, and then I see you building it, right? And I'm I don't know what it is. And it's out of cardboard, and I'm thinking I don't know what this is going to be. And all of a sudden, poof. It's Steve from Minecraft. It's like, my God, how'd you do that? <laughs> I don't know um, how I did that. You you missed all the crying. <laughs> like, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> and that's me crying, not my son crying. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I got it done. <laughs> yeah, October October was busy. And and it was you had that picture in front of I think your garage door or the side of your house, mm-hmm. whatever, with him in it. And my mind couldn't process it because it looks like a pixelated person. And it's like, I don't know if I'm seeing reality. I feel like I'm in intoxicated because it's confusing because pixels don't live in this world so why are they here it was uh really well done thank so. you thank you yeah your I'm, skills extend beyond the canvas i'm very i am proud of that one it was fun i'm glad i chose to paint it instead of just print off you know a piece of paper and stick it on i'm like i'm gonna paint this <laughs> i do i love making his costume every year if, if you're listening if for nothing else, follow Tiff just because of the costumes <laughs> <laughs> around around October, and just just follow her and and never leave because uh, it's 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 so entertaining and it's so um, inspiring. So uh, keep posting. <laughs> Thank you. So I wanted to talk about Inktober because yeah. we both did it mm-hmm. and we did it differently, and I really like the way you did it. Um, I really like the way you did it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is what's great about Inktober. Everybody interprets it differently, right? And you can't help but love it all. So tell me about, about your Inktober and, and Dot Tiff. So this is the first Inktober that I finished. Uh, so that in itself is, I'm, I'm going to buy myself like a little pin as a trophy or something like Congrats. that. Because I'm like, good job, you made it all the way through. Yes. But I think what helped was I had this theme and I came up with this little character of maybe two months earlier and just to kind of express some stuff that i was uh going through going through a little bit of a hard time so i just wanted a way to say that with a stick figure i guess <laughs> and so i came up with this little character dot tiff um she's lossless which is always a great joke uh for people who know image file formats and yes. it became she she kind of grew into Inktober because I was like, well, I'll just put her in different situations and that will help motivate me and ground me through Inktober instead of just trying to think of anything. You know, that I, I feel like the idea of anything is it's too much. It's too far. It 
can escape you very quickly and and have you give up. But when I thought about her doing things in an extension, me doing these things or how I would interpret these words and the prompts, it became a lot more fun and it became a lot easier. And I became much more satisfied and pleased with the result because it felt a lot like me. And I hadn't had that uh, as an artist before. Oh my gosh, I said the right, A word. It's, it's <laughs> happening. It's it's happening it twice happening. now. It's, it's you can't oh, fight it. No, it's just it's, Let it go. it's just natural. I'll just have to go with it. And so having this voice, even though it was just kind of like this two-eyed girl with with flippy hair in a black triangle dress, and she only has arms when she needs them. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> it became this this challenge to how can I have this simple drawing express how I'm feeling and and the things that I love to do throughout Inktober. And uh, it really came together. And I'm, I just, I look at all of them all together and procreate, like I have them stacked up and then I open up the stack and it just shows them all, right? And I'm just yes. so proud of it. Uh, I think this is the first time I've been really, truly proud of something that I feel like I made 100% from my own brain without influence from anybody else. Well, I mean, we're all influenced kind of by other people, but still, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 I think that that's, and it, it is this idea of the theme, the character you've had through the whole month is, uh, is compelling. I'm, you know, I'm thinking for next year, I'm going to do something that has a bit more of a solid theme through the month. Yeah. It, it really does help. It does. And I, I, it's, I mean, there's a few days that I just found it really hard and, you know, you, you put so much effort into one day, and this is the thing about Inktober, right? You sp- you spend all this brain power figuring out what you're going to do, and then you do it, and then you post it, and it's like <laughs> you're not done because there's tomorrow. <laughs> Especially the way you did it; those drawings were so detailed. I mean, some of them I was like, he had to have stopped this drawing, finished it, posted it, and then immediately started the next one. I'm like, I don't know where <laughs> the time to do all of these. It was absolutely incredible. Thank you. It was. Uh... Yeah, I used up my lunch hours and time after that as well. My my wife and kids are like, we know, it's okay. <laughs> Go ahead and finish your drawing. Um, <laughs> I mean, I got that way too. And mine were like so much simpler. But yeah, it's like, mommy's the finishing Tober. Don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Are you done? I'm done. I have to post it though. And so it's, uh, you know, there's that whole process mm-hmm. as well. And uh, so I think it's, the idea of a theme is great. And and I know that I had um, uh, Joe Brown on. Um, and she's uh, Bernoid on on Twitter, and she does mushrooms and a lot of nature journal stuff. And she had one big piece that she was working on, kind of like Jake Parker, mm-hmm. right? And I like that idea, the idea of maybe one big piece that you're doing. But uh, I just don't know if I could do real ink. Digital's so nice yeah. for Inktober. That's what really made it accessible to me. I think if I actually did real ink, I would have been absolutely drowned in all of the balled up pieces of paper that I would have been so angry with and just been like, this is garbage. Like, I just, I know you probably start in pencil and then you erase and like, there's a whole process. I did that for the lunchbox notes, but it is one of those daunting things. It's like, ah, the digital just feels so much faster. And the amount of time that I have to devote to this, I rather do it than not do it. So I'm going to go digital. Yeah. And my, and in the last, I don't know, six or eight, maybe 10 ink drawings I've done, I've not used any pencil. So I've gone straight to ink. Oh boy. Um, (laughs) <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, i'm bowing down to you right now i'm like doing like <laughs> the worship hands because that's that's some serious wow <laughs> it's it's one of uh, 
and part of it was just, you know, I, I was getting lazy. It's like, I don't want to draw twice. <laughs> so I'm <gonna> draw once. <laughs> and it, it's weird with ink. I was going to comment on this earlier when we started about inks, because I think at some point, maybe not this episode, but it'd be good to talk about fountain pens and inks and all that. But Ooh, yes. Um, <laughs> the, because I'm still trying to find a really good drawing nib, but I, the sailor I have with the Fude nib is at the 40 degree Fude nib is perfect. Like it allows me to get scratchy thin and wide. But I find that with ink, and I'm on a bit of a tangent here, but when with ink, you get into a point where it's like, you know, I, I just did a, a woodpecker mm-hmm. and I was doing the bark and it almost feels like you lose your mind. Like you go crazy because it's like, I'm going to put black over here and over here. and I'm going to come down here. And it's like you go into this trance trying to lay down the ink and be kind of crazy. I'm, I'm crazy bark right now. I'm, I'm crazy bark and I'm throwing <laughs> ink all over the place. And I don't do that with anything else. And it's, it's a really kind of a, a liberating experience when you narrow it down to like a part of the image. But um, ink is, yeah, it's it's not nice. Like, it's it's cruel to you, right? It's like, ha-ha. <laughs> I put the line where you didn't want to put a line. Now you can't do anything about it. Um, so it's... Uh, ink is cruel. Uh, it's, it is cruel. And that's so. why I'm still battling with next year. Mm-hmm. I, I still probably will do digital. <laughs> so I, I wanted to, you know, having done Inktober, um, you get to this point at the end of the month and it's like... Okay, now what? And so I've started, you know, I still am doing sketches. I just can't stop right now. I just want to do this, right? It it feeds my soul. You've done something way better. <laughs> do you want to talk about what you've launched? Because I did it Wednesday and I don't know if I did it right. <laughs> there is no right way to do it. So okay. <laughs> this is kind of um, an idea that I've had since uh, late in the summer. I've kind of been having the personal, um, uh, I don't know, professional desire to make something that was mine. Um, you know, like a start a business or, uh, something, I don't know. I, I didn't know. I just, I felt the need to have something that was my brainchild, right? Like <laughs> that I came up with myself and the idea of having this kind of artist community around something called, I decided to name it, We Draw Wednesdays. And originally the idea was going to be a a website and an Instagram account where I drew and my friends drew and hopefully eventually like famous, more famous artists drew. And it was a way to request something from someone who could draw on one day that you could just ask and it would just be done for essentially for free and for fun and for practice and because i came up with that concept and then and that idea with there are so many people who can draw and there are so many people who want people to draw things for them and there's this dissonance between like the idea of a paid artist and you can't just ask me to draw something for you without wanting to pay for it and i completely understand that and i think that that is absolutely how it should be artists should be paid for their work and they shouldn't just be used for their skill but at the same time not everyone can afford art um or can afford to have things done and there's also like the idea of a community coming together just for the love of drawing uh and for the fun of it so i wanted this place where regular people could have access to maybe one request get something drawn for them for fun. And this kind of ballooned up and that seemed like too restrictive and it was it was too um it was it was too curated, right? Like that kind of an idea. Uh there was too many steps, there was too many 
nuances to it. Um, I think eventually We Draw Wednesdays can can incorporate some of those things into it. And, and I and I don't want to abandon those ideas, but and I want to grow it into something like that. But for now, I love the idea of just keeping it a hashtag and making it more of a let's just get people drawing on a Wednesday. And the idea of asking your friends on Instagram or asking uh, for prompts is kind of like the fun way to participate, even if you're not the artist. Uh, I've found that people who are asking me to draw things on We Draw Wednesdays, they seem to have just as much fun requesting the weirdest things that they could possibly think of, like uh, sad bananas or... um, uh, I don't know, like I've drawn some very strange things <laughs> from people. And uh, so it's it's just kind of become, I, I want more people to start using the hashtag. And now, especially coming off of Inktober, like the now what, you know, like now what do I do? I, I had all this time and I can't imagine drawing every single day again, but once a week, yeah, I could totally do once a week. And, you know, there's no rule. You take one request, you take 10 requests, you don't take requests at all. You just draw something and and use the hashtag we draw Wednesdays. And I will, um, you know, feature it on the Instagram account that I have. And, and maybe eventually, like, it becomes bigger than this. And uh, so that's kind of where it's at right now. And it's starting off, um, you know, small, like things do, but I have a lot of hope for it. And it, makes me really happy. And I I like the idea of people embracing it. And I've talked about it on a few podcasts now. So maybe you could tell me how you feel about it. So I was, I did it this week. I was working on one drawing Mm -hmm. and I was just finishing it off. And I thought I want to draw something else. And then I remembered it was Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) And because I see it in your feed too. And it's like, I should do something else. So that's what I did. And I'm glad you explained it because I felt like, you know, maybe it was, I don't know, I, I didn't really take a request, right? I just kind of, well, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm inking birds right now. I don't know what it is. You took so you a request from yourself. <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I decided to draw a bird and tag it with that. And I thought it was great. I, I do like the idea of forcing you to a schedule if you choose to. I shouldn't say force, but the idea of doing a schedule. And I think I, I'm going to do it next week. I may, You've got a website, and I see that there are ideas there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I sent you an idea, and I'm still waiting for my dancing pickle with a top hat. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that one. That one that is really good. I should totally do that one next week. Because there's, there's always another Wednesday. You know, like, if you miss one, yeah. it, there's another one coming up in seven days. Like, it's, it's right around the corner. Uh, I don't feel like it's kind of nice that, you know, you don't have to wait a whole year again, to get Mm -hmm. started on it. Um, You don't have to do much for it. You know, it's just a, oh, it's Wednesday. I think I'll just draw something. You know, I think that that's a really cool, fun thing to just, oh, yeah, it's this day a week. We draw something on Wednesdays. I'm just going to draw something. It's just this back of the mind kind of motivation to just get people trying and trying something. And, And it could be anybody. Like, it doesn't have to be you don't have to be a great artist. It could just be like, I'm going to draw a stick figure on this Wednesday uh, just for fun and post it and tag it. And I think that that's great. And the drawings don't have to be beautiful. They could just be funny and ugly and like a doodle or it could be this full blown thing. Uh, I love the idea of it being anything. Yeah. And I think that, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to explore it a bit more. I like the idea. I mean, it's a good time of the week because you're heading down towards the uh, the weekend and 
I mean, I try and draw every day now, and Inktober's kind of, you know, having done my second year of it, it's, uh, I realize how much, when I get to like November 2nd or 3rd, it's like, I miss it. Um, <laughs> and if I have a, a stressful day at work, I need to draw. It, it helps. But the idea of being able to do something fun and having an excuse just to be, you know, silly with it. Um, <laughs> and, and I wasn't this week. So if people go and I'll post a link to it, but if you look at it, it's not silly. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not funny. Um, but I think I'm going to try that next week and, uh, try and, uh, uh, channel some of my Inktober stuff and, uh, and do it. And as I say, like I, I was looking at the website today and I noticed that there's prompts in that there that people have suggested. And I'm thinking, uh, I'm going to take one of these and run with it, I think. And I like the fact that you mentioned their, um, their name as well so that, you know, you can attribute the idea to them, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I like the idea that you don't have to feel like you need to draw in order to contribute and have fun with mm -hmm. this like if you uh, just the suggestion itself we need suggestions right that is right. an equal part of this and that that deserves uh some props too <laughs> yes and i do like that it's on a wednesday because it's not the weekend yet so you're not all bogged down with like the weekend stuff that you need to do and it's not monday so you're not like oh it's monday and i have all this work stuff to do it's right in the middle of the week love a wednesday plus like you know got a little alliteration in there with all the Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and people love alliteration. Um, so I've heard. So um, yes. yeah, we draw Wednesdays. I have the I, I have the name everywhere. So don't even try. <laughs> right. So we'll uh I'll include a bunch of links in the show notes for that because I think it is something for everyone to try. It's it's fun. It it is really a good way to kind of extend that idea of of drawing on a regular basis beyond Inktober. Um so now I just need to get in touch with Jake Parker and have him uh, help me out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working yeah, on it. I'm working on it. Finding my way right. to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I asked him to come onto the podcast, but he uh, chose not to. <laughs> yeah, I um, it occurred to me after Inktober, I'm like, huh, this works with the same audience. Like the the community that's around Inktober and that's embraced Inktober would totally love something like We Draw Wednesdays. And yes. being that this was an idea that kind of came about, you know, a few months ago, the idea of kind of piggybacking this on Inktober just was this beautiful happenstance. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> this is the perfect time. It, it is consistent with that, I think. And uh, I, I do encourage, if you're listening, to try it. Just try it one week and uh, you realize it's kind of... I didn't do the fun part of it, so I'm going to do the fun part next. Hey, week. every part's fun. Doesn't yeah. matter. I, I mean, I love drawing, but I, I wasn't being very funny. So <laughs> I'll try being funny. I'll there's try no, be funny there's no, week. there's no law or, or rule <laughs> that it must be funny. True. Um, I've definitely drawn some more serious things. My Edgar Allan Poe was pretty serious. I thought it, was. it came out pretty that good. Was, <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, I think uh, I just felt like. Uh, I'm glad you explained it because I was thinking, I don't know if I did this right because I, I didn't take a, a suggestion, but uh, I, I read the website and it's like, oh, okay, I am I think I'm good. That's the only so, tricky uh, part. The idea of, you know, there are these suggestions and, and you could play the game this way or do what you want. Right. You know, like it's, uh, that's where I'm still working out explaining it. Um, and, uh, but I think that once people start doing it, if they just use the hashtag, it's going to become more of a, um, we draw on Wednesdays and there's some fun games around it if you if you want to dive into it but other than that that's as simple as it gets you should uh you should do a, a, like a uh, a twitch or something around it too that would be fun oh yeah got that name don't worry okay <laughs> i've locked it down everywhere i can think of <laughs> that would be good on a wednesday to do uh, to do something like that because that would be uh 
I don't know, maybe that would be too much pressure to open it up and say, okay, I'm going to draw something for you now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what kind of, um, I eventually hope to get there. So Cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. So I wanted to talk as we, as we're leaving 2019, heading to 2020, on the last episode, I talked about kind of setting goals, creative goals. Do you, and, and, you know, I, I've gone with this theme idea for this year, um, which Mike Hurley is, and uh, CGP Gray have talked about before with the, in, on Cortex. And I really like that idea. I don't know for yourself, are you looking to 2020 to say, this is where I want to be creatively? Are there goals that you have? And you don't have to share them, but are you structuring things that way to say, I'm going to achieve this next year? I have a very large goal that I haven't really talked about anywhere. Um, I might need to save that for my art show. (laughs) So I'll let that hover and then I'll make (laughs) you come and listen to make do over on Relay FM where Julia Scott and I talk about art stuff. But to try and answer your question as best I can, I do have overall goals, especially when it comes to art. Um, I think that I accomplished something big with taking classes this year that I really didn't expect. Um, that kind of came about very much on a, uh, I was feeling a little listless in life. And, you know, my wonderful husband was like, hey, why don't you take some art classes? And I was like, huh, yeah, maybe I should. And then one day I just signed up. So it happened. But this year coming into 2020, I really want it to be a year where I use the voice that I'm starting to find. And I think that that's the best thing that I can hope for. I, I like to keep my goals kind of open and mm, loose because whenever I tie myself down to saying like, I want to do this thing, um, I end up either talking myself out of it or things change or, and then I, I feel disappointed that I didn't do it. Um, even if I didn't want to do it, um, I feel disappointed that I decided I didn't want to do it. And it's like, that's not worth it. So yeah, it's just mainly creative, Moving forward with a voice, embracing mm-hmm. the style of art that I'm slowly gravitating towards and uh, and seeing where that takes me. Um, not not spending a lot of my time copying other people's stuff like I have in the past. And that was useful in the past because it helped me develop skills and um, find what I want my voice to be. So, yeah, 2020 year of the voice. How about that? Nice. <laughs> I think that, I mean, I've been listening to Make Do, and I mean, everyone should listen to Make Do uh, with yourself and Julia. But, you know, I find that, um, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of confidence that comes out of your voice, out of what you say now in talking about all this. So, creatively, you know, going into 2020, how do you feel about your mind space? Like, do you, are you, like, it seems like you're in the best place you've been creatively. Is it? safe to say ever like do you feel that you are really on a track here that's the track you want to be on and you've chosen for yourself yeah yeah i w- i would say that um it's strange it it came out of being very lost and now kind of using that in art um it's so strange that sometimes you have to go through things that make you more uncomfortable in life and then creatively you you find a way out of things through art or creativity or, or something like that and you're the better for it uh, mm-hmm. i i think that that's what my 2019 was it was um it was tumultuous and it brought me 
into a place where I am choosing now to focus more on expressing my feelings through art. And that to me is like a, a big awakening. Uh, and it has made me feel more creative than I ever have. And also more in touch with wanting to be creative. And also I feel like I have a level of skill at this point that I, I can do that. I always want to get better and I'm still getting better and I have a very long way to go, but I'm finally figuring out that I'm matching up my, my desire and my skill level are, are meeting each other for the first time. And together we're going to be going into 2020. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that. It's we all strive to get to that point, and I'm, I'm so happy to to hear that and be on the sidelines watching this happen. I think that's great for you. It's a really good thing to say. It's a. Uh, it feels very cathartic. Now, can I ask you another question? Sure. Do you have thoughts of monetizing, <laughs> selling any of your work? <laughs> Am I spoiling this by asking this question? But I no, you're not spoiling okay. anything. I do not have thoughts of monetizing. Um, right now, I am. I like the stuff that I'm making, and I want to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> if right. that makes sense, uh, either I don't like it and so I would never sell it or I like it and I still want to keep it. Um, I have not filled up the studio space to the point where I really need to start getting rid of stuff. So mm -hmm. um, right now, no, I don't plan on selling much other than um, like taking some of my doodles from We Draw Wednesdays and making them stickers, you know, like that I'm comfortable with. But any of my paintings? Um, yeah, not yet. They're mine. Okay. That's, and, and, you know, you talked about it in the last episode of uh, Make Do, and, you know, that isn't always the logical journey. The logical um, next step is not to monetize necessarily. I, I'm even struggling with it. And so I, I'm, I'm happy to hear other artists that are, you know, taking that approach and not always thinking that you're, you're not, some people take the approach that if you're not making money, you're not successful, right? Mm-hmm. And I think focusing on the fact that this is a journey for you, that you're connecting parts of your mind that weren't connected before and you feel better for it is far uh, more valuable than uh, selling the result of that experience, that interface that you've developed in your head. So uh, that's cool. I think that's, that's great. It is so funny that when your hobby is producing a thing, that the idea of selling that thing is what people ask you about. Whereas if your hobby were anything else, no one's asking you to like sell your hobby. You know, like if your hobby is reading or um, I don't know, there's just like, or fixing up old cars or something like that. Like no one automatically assumes like, oh, so your hobby's fixing old cars. When are you going to become a mechanic? Hmm? Yeah. You know, like it, it, that's just, it's a different thing. But when you make stuff, you know, it's always, well, when are you going to sell it, the stuff you make? Right. Um, but it's like, well, it's it's not always about the end result of I've made a whole bunch of stuff. It's more the, the journey of making the stuff. And it becomes even harder, too, when people look at it and say, you know, would you ever do prints? Because if you do a print of that one, I I'll buy it. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> now you made it harder. <laughs> but see, now I don't have to give away the original. See, but. prints are, I'm okay with prints because... I'm like, yeah, you like it so much, I can make you a print. Like yeah. that to me doesn't feel so bad. That that to me almost feels like a favor more than a okay. sale. <laughs> yeah, for me the the challenge I've had with prints is is I want it to be 
I hate to use this word, but artisanal, right? Like you would receive this print and it's already in a mat and it's wrapped nicely mm-hmm. and there's a note and uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, going full it's an experience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, it's just an experience opening it, right? Like people would videotape the unboxing. Like it, it, I think that's the experience it should be, right? And I just, I think about what, I've thought about this often, you know, the person who bought my print, I, I want them to videotape this and share it because they they enjoyed it and i just visualize kind of what that experience is like and i think i can't do that (laughs) i'm not not there yet i want it to be just right right and um, you could also do a limited batch of prints and number them all which is always a nice little thing um i mean we have a number of prints in our office that are like batch limited and so you know you get the number like five of 20 or you know whatever amount you want to print and and that is kind of a cool thing too, um, to kind of feel like, all right, I'm printing these off. This is the only time it's happening and there's only this many. And so you can like make them a little bit more artisanal and special by having them numbered and signed, even though it is just a print. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I've thought about that idea and maybe that is the better approach to say, I'm going to do 50 or a hundred and that's it. Um, and, and, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to do stickers too. I mean, everyone has to do stickers. I mean, but... stickers are so fun so fun i've got them all over my ipad and my computer and everyone at work thinks i'm crazy oh yeah me too i decorate my stuff like a child and i love every second of it <laughs> i think you're crazy for not having stickers people exactly you put stickers on your stuff stickers and enamel pins everywhere <laughs> that's right <laughs> so i get to the last point here and i always ask my guests you know for homework it's always nice to kind of issue a little bit of homework to people who are listening and uh, to say you know what would you challenge them to do? Well, this one's easy. <laughs> this is an easy I one. Feeling we're, <laughs> I think I know where you're going, but I'll let you take it. <laughs> Always be marketing, right? <laughs> Always be selling. Um, I challenge you to participate in We Draw Wednesdays. And just on a Wednesday, use the hashtag, draw something. You can go um, follow We Draw Wednesdays on Instagram or on Twitter. Um, it's best on Instagram because Instagram is so picture-based. So if you go over there and you follow along for maybe the first Wednesday and the second Wednesday you want to participate, then go for it. But um, give it a try, whether you are taking prompts from friends or just drawing something that you feel like drawing or you borrow one of the site's prompts up on uh, wedrawwednesdays.com, then uh, I'd, yeah, just do it because I want to see more people enjoy it. That's awesome. Because right now it's, I have no, um, it's not for profit, you know, like it's just a, it's a fun community thing that I, I want more people to participate in. And I think, uh, I'll be there next week. Yes. <laughs> Got one. Uh, I, I do. That's a great idea. So Tiff, where can people find you online? They can find me everywhere. <laughs> I'm very online. Um, I'm over on Instagram at Tiffany Arment and Tiff Arment. I just recently started posting, kind of collecting, I should say, my digital stuff over on a, another Instagram account, more to, for myself to kind of curate them, because I put everything onto Tiffany Arment, and uh, I'm also the same over on Twitter. And I do a few podcasts um make do which is the most appropriate to your audience uh which is about the joys and anxieties of making art um i do another show called top four i do a show called somehow i manage which is about it's a rewatch show about the office and i guest all over the place for various things 
on the Incomparable Network. I, it, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. Just Google me. I have a website, TiffanyArment.com. How about that? I will include <laughs> as many links as I can. And all the links because I'm literally everywhere. So all the links. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you so much for coming on. I uh, I do appreciate uh, all the insight and sharing everything and uh, motivating us uh, through the through the years and and now with this new initiative with Read We Draw Wednesdays. <laughs> it's a tongue uh, twister. Look, it is a tongue twister. <laughs> it looks cool, but it's hard to say. <laughs> and uh, I look forward to be being part of that and encouraging others to do so. And uh, I do appreciate all the time you've um, you've put into uh, sharing uh, the journey, especially recently. It sounds like it's been very busy, and I think we all appreciate seeing everything that you're working on. So thank you so much for that, and and thank you for being on uh, the podcast. Well, thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed talking to you. It's uh, it's it's been really easy and fun, and I'm super glad that I painted that cicada for you years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Show notes, including links to everything Tiff and I discuss, can be found at drawinginspiration.fm/fifteen. You can find links to all my social media accounts at drawinginspiration.fm, including my Instagram, which is Mike underscore Henley, where I post all my art. Follow me or tag me so I can see what you've created recently. Until next time, be kind to one another and keep drawing. Theme music for this podcast is Acid Jazz, provided by Kevin McLeod. 